0: to the doghouse. I'm Diana
1: and I'm David.
0: It's Riverdale, season 5, episode 16, chapter 92, Band of Brothers. After hearing some unexpected news about his former commanding officer, Archie opens up to Uncle Frank about his time in the army. Cheryl and Kevin attempt
1: to take control of the ministry. This was an episode?
0: It it was an episode. Um it wasn't a bad episode,
1: but it really didn't feel like it did much.
0: It closed this part of Archie's story and muddy jugheads
1: a little bit like in a good way it might have ended chat gecko no I I doubt it but it could have it's it's not over with that boy at all
0: <laughs> but the thing I like about this one is that it didn't try to focus on everyone yeah well, kind of well <laughs> there's still a lot going on but they didn't try to focus on everyone and like try to shoehorn everyone into their each other in a way that doesn't make sense like Betty has nothing to do with Archie or Veronica or Cheryl at all. No, because she wouldn't have any of that going on. And I feel like previously they would have tried to give us scenes with the other ones just because what we we should we should have them seen together. So, yeah, I think it's good that we haven't seen all of them together with the exception of the Josie episode, which we really can't take as like canon to this season. It's a little it's a little weird. But I don't think it was bad. This is a very middle of the road Riverdale episode. It's not bad. It's not fabulous, with the exception of Archie's storyline.
1: I've got that that late season fatigue going on. I can feel it. With the finale coming where it's just like, okay, can we not just get there already, please? Can we can we get to the actual escalation of the story?
0: Yeah. I mean, we have three more episodes left this season, and that's fine. But it's just kind of like, okay.
1: This is a pattern for them. Like the third and fourth episodes to the end usually have this sort of like weird filler feel to them. Well, it's, be-
0: it's too many episodes for them. Yeah. They cannot hold it together for that long.
1: And I'll say this, this is not a filler episode. There's stuff going on here that's important to sure. the bigger story. But it feels like we could have done this way the fuck earlier.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've just, well, it's because of that damn hiatus. God. It was too fucking long. Like, I again, I will stand by, they should have just been like, okay, we're just going to start season six earlier because we ain't hitting the episode count for season five. It ain't going to happen.
1: It would have worked so much better. Four months and then coming back and saying, this is still the same season makes n- no fucking sense. Just, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. This is just a very, like, pretty straightforward episode of Riverdale, which we don't get a lot. But one thing I started to notice, because I haven't been paying attention to it much this season, is Cheryl's lipstick which in the past I had always, she was never seen without it, except for when she was being vulnerable. Uh, so it was very rare. She didn't have her bright red lipstick. And in this episode, I noticed, except for when she's preaching, she's not wearing her bright red lipstick. Hmm. It's only when she's preaching. So at some point when I decided to just turn on this season as background noise, I'll have to pay attention to that a little bit with Cheryl to see like, what's going on with this? Um, it's It's just an interesting character detail. This is also when we see I believe, because I also have not been tracking this, the return of the spider brooch.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, that's true. I do think we've seen it previously in the season, but it's
1: been a while. (sighs) It's like Cheryl's coming out of her shell and she's doing just fine.
0: But she's not. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Nobody is. So we start with some Jughead narration referencing that Josie was here, but that it's, you know, leaving us all to our haunted existences and everything's
1: just shit it's just shit
0: and so we see archie is sitting in his dining room and he just you can see because we are physically seeing all of the ghosts of his soldiers that he lost surrounding him which is beautiful they framed that so well this episode was directed by robin Givens. Mm-hmm. she also directed the last episode which we didn't talk about very much because it really There was too much other shit to talk There's too much other shit going on. Um, (laughs) But Robin Givens also directed this one. She did a fabulous job. Like All of the stuff with the soldiers, I thought was so well done and beautiful. And I think it really highlights how haunted Archie is and how much he needs closure to this.
1: What I hate are the words. The dialogue for him is just so clunky. It's very stilted. I think part of the problem is they're not realizing that it's okay to be messy about this conversation. Like They feel like they've got to do the the honor the veteran thing instead of being like, this is a really complex fucking issue for him and Eric and everybody, so let it be that way.
0: They don't do nuance. No. They never have, and they also don't do respectful at all either. I think this is the one time where they, they erred correctly because them trying to be messy, but like... Good for television messy would have been a complete utter clusterfuck.
1: <laughs>
0: you're not wrong there. But I think the visuals they gave us were beautiful and very they well are. done and very well acted. Not only is Archie seeing them at home, we see him teaching in his RROTC class and they're all there too. So again, this is great because previously, you know, we got the one soldier bingo and then after he really has to face this, we realize I'm seeing a lot more and we see the whole room of them. So I like that they continued this. It was it was a good bit of consistency. Um, also, apparently, Veronica Lodge is haunted by flesh and blood mistake from her past and she gets a Skype call from Chad.
1: On an Apple computer. So we're covering everybody on the ad front here.
0: I do have it in my notes. I really like that Apple products are fully on display now. I believe they were last season, but it just there was a very clear okay remove the stickers off the apple logos we're not we're not like either they got the endorse they got the money the cw don't plug shit without money Uh uh-uh or you know they decided they didn't care but it's definitely
1: the former it would have been so much more fun if it had been like pair computers
0: fruit themed computer store Mm -hmm. she gets a skype call from chad he's being smug as fuck which i love i love that this is the guy that veronica married (laughs) <laughs> just, too. i
1: love it she she did earn it <laughs> yeah
0: he apparently you know has some news he wants to share it with veronica Veronica's like no you always screw things up i don't want or need your help and i'll be able to have this done within a month like i'm gonna pay off all your debts and then i'm gonna divorce you like we're done
1: she is more done with him than she ever has been with her father just like you mean nothing to me you smug prick
0: <laughs> well and that's exactly i think the mirror that they really were like forcing to the audience with this episode for veronica this was a good veronica episode mm-hmm. like look at the way she analyzes what's going on with chad and then she makes a plan and she executes it and she's done and it's just you're awful i'm done with you whereas the daddykins, It's a whole other thing. And yes, it is. The relationship dynamic is different. But she has never had that fortitude with him, with the exception of when she called him a little dog. But she didn't stick to it.
1: Nope. No. She can't get away from it. I have
0: a feeling we're going to get some sort of line or feeling when Hiram, you know, now that he knows what happened, he's going to come after her and Reggie and Veronica is going to have to decide, oh, the way I've dealt with Chad, if they are really done with Chad, is I have to go after my dad this way. Yeah. We'll see. We go to church, and they're going to sing a song from the Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Coat. And Kevin's coat is fantastic.
1: Oh, God. It is gorgeous. That's one of the best designed Technicolor dream coats I've ever seen.
0: It is super gay, and I am here for it. Uh, I want it. It's amazing. Except. Penelope is not interested in this so she's had a revelation no more singing jason commands it to which cheryl and kevin are kind of like really and She goes, as you know he was a young man a few words <laughs> which is the line of the night truly thank you writer poor trevor i believe that's the actor's <laughs> name who's portrayed jason blossom like he never he has never said a single word on this show not a never. goddamn line So that comment is great. Like, it's a lovely wink joke to the audience, which I I appreciate this.
1: Just the barely restrained fury of Penelope Blossom. Mm -mm, No more. No singing. There's witnesses.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We see Jughead at AA. So that's nice. We see that, you know, that's what uh, he's been doing. And he says he's seven days sober and he's ready to start his apology tour. Okay, cool. It's a standard AA thing if you know anything about AA. And so he goes to the Cooper Jones Cooper house.
1: It's just the Cooper house now.
0: It's the Cooper house now. It's the old Cooper Blossom Twins house. And uh, Alice opens the door and she looks horrible, but that's definitely meant to set up the musical, which all takes place in her head. <sighs> he asks where Betty is. She's not here. She's working the lonely highway. And we see Betty definitely looking like a sex worker. The very stereotypical. The pits,
1: man. Yeah. I. <sighs>
0: You know, I'm I'm fine with it. It's it's there's something else to do with her that I'm not okay with.
1: They they do have to give you the visual cue of what she thinks she's doing, but it's just like bleh.
0: this is where I wish Alice said she's she's working the lonely highway, she's dr- truck driving and she thinks she's truck driving because that's previously what she was doing, and then we see this is what Betty is actually doing. Yeah. I think that would have been better. A little finesse. Just the tiniest bit, Riverdale. So he tells her, just tell her to stop by. Alice, like, sure. So then we cut over to the Andrews house and Archie just walks into the room and he's really mad. Apparently, General Taylor is retiring with full honors and a 21 gun farewell salute. No, that's not a thing. No, they don't do that for people who are alive. (laughs) That is the thing we we typically see when people have passed during military funeral no (sighs) i i've never heard of a 21 gun farewell salute for someone who has
1: not passed no that is not a fucking thing
0: no i've seen people leave with the saber which is usually a wedding thing but you know people do it for other shit too sometimes this is just weird
1: just lazy that's all it is
0: yep they just like they really wanted to make it like he's really getting a big deal. They should have just said he's getting his fifth star. Cause there is technically no such thing as a fifth star general. It's purely an honorary star. So if so if he's a four-star general and he's getting a fifth star, you're like,
1: Ooh. It's probably not even that. It's you know, there's there's a ceremony. There's gonna be a huge pomp and circumstance over, you know, this world famous general. Like yeah. It's really you didn't have to upplay it more than you did. It it was
0: just no, just no. Um, yeah, I've never heard of that before, and it's not worth my brain cells to research, so I'm not gonna.
1: The show goes to absolute lengths to to not try to figure anything out about the military. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, like,
0: Archie's enraged about this, and Eric's like, just let it go, Sarge, which is odd. <sighs> Whatever. It's kind of odd, and it's kind of not. like Like for the audience it's like huh this is the type of thing eric should also be upset about but he is very clearly pushing in this scene don't worry about it Mm -mm. nope nope
1: i didn't notice it the first time i think later on maybe but like for me it this initially very much seemed like the same thing frank felt where it's like this is not a fight that is worth you trying to get involved in, dude.
0: <laughs> but see, Frank didn't do anything in this scene. It was just like, okay, I'm taking in this information. How do you guys feel about this? It was Eric was the one pushing, was like, just move on, you know, let it go. Maybe it's a sign. So yeah, we go over to Weatherby's office, and Jughead is uh, not really being honest with Waldo. Weatherby is kind of like, you missed weeks of work. You didn't even arrange a substitute, and this is where Jughead. I mean. I know you don't have to say that you're an alcoholic, but I think it would have given a lot more weight to his apology. Like just say I was dealing with some personal stuff. Waldo was your principal the entire time you were in school. He knows you've been through a ton of personal stuff. Like, This isn't new information for Waldo. Now it's just you're a full grown adult
1: and it's the same type of shit. I mean, I actually think that's a really good writing cue because it just shows he's not willing to be honest with everyone yet no i
0: agree with that yeah we only see three apologies yeah this is one where he is not really apologizing he's just trying to get out of trouble he is treating waldo as his principal and he's a student yep and waldo is treating him like an adult Mm -hmm. so it is that dynamic thing waldo says you know maybe when you do that you can teach again but right now you're on administrative leave which he really did get off easy.
1: I know. <laughs> Considering the fact that you just disappeared off the face of the planet. You just for abandoned your job. Administrative leave is not terrible, Jughead. Well, Lana probably cannot afford to like just
0: shoot up fire teachers. Not in Riverdale, no. No. <laughs> so there's that. Especially when he wouldn't let a superstar, hey, just give him money. He's a horrible administrator. Um <laughs> So there's that. Um, I do want to point out Jughead does still have his crown hat pins on his lapels, So those are still, those, those don't get lost in his blackout. It's important. Uh, we go over to the jewelry store and the SEC is calling Veronica to look at her books. How did we know? <laughs> How did we know? So that happens and she's able to stave them off for about a week and ready like, So yeah, this is bad because like our books aren't kosher yet, and Veronica's like, yeah, Chad probably tipped him off, and you know, Reggie's just kind of like, so what? What's the deal? And she's like, oh, because he wants me to ask him for help. Mm -hmm. That's his play. Because Reggie even points out, wouldn't that be screwing himself over? And she's like, that's not what this is about. Okay, cool. Like Veronica is looking at this is what he's doing on the face of it, but what's behind it? So she's really evaluating what Chad's doing.
1: That's there. This is some season one scheming, Veronica, and I'm
0: here for season it. One little bit of season two, because that's when Daddy showed up, and it was fun. Yeah. So, like Veronica being a little mustache twirly can be super fun, and then we just have the most amazing thing <laughs> that has ever happened with Charles Milton. Like, I love him so much. I am so looking forward to his post Riverdale career because it's going. It can be so epic. <laughs> Veronica wants to. Get her hands on her dad's stash of palladium. Mm -hmm. And Reggie says, You know who would probably know? It's Hermosa. So Veronica's like, Great, I'll call her. And he goes, "Uh, mm, I should call her (laughs) because when you were at Barnard, he had a thing. And Veronica's like, What kind of thing? You know what kind? And then he whispers as he's dialing, What (laughs) kind? And it's just like, because it's the, you know what I'm talking about. And then it's also, Because we too have had a thing. That's what the second you know what kind is meant to imply. Because you and I have fucked. And we're definitely going to fuck
1: again later. (laughs) It's just a fact. I have to commend Camilla for the reactions to all the random shit in this episode. And this being like. She
0: she was a gif this whole episode. (laughs) Because then (laughs) then Reggie picks up. Hey baby long time no talk miss you so much as he's walking out of the camera and then we cut to veronica just going
1: ew (laughs) not only not only that but him being like hey Hey, baby it's so good clearly reluctant to dive back into this (laughs) i'm guessing it was volatile (laughs) fun but volatile, tempestuous, for sure. Sure,
0: that <laughs> totally attracts That scene made me so happy. It was, I was like, really good. It was like this is the type of bullshit I want from these people. And also, <laughs> this is just so on brand for Reggie.
1: Oh, it's very Reggie.
0: Well, also not betraying everything we've learned about him, like no. in the, in the like grow up way. I love it. It's it's my then we go over to Thornhill, and you know. Cheryl's demon of a mother is raining on her parade. Yeah. Well, which you are young, beautiful, and a star. <laughs> I, 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 the thing about these scenes with Kevin and Cheryl is it reminds me of a lot of Kevin and Betty in season one.
1: But it's Cheryl.
0: It is Cheryl. But, you know, Cheryl needs a friend and so does Kevin. So this makes sense to me. I'm fine with this, but, you know, it's like who's going to end up screwing over who? That's, uh, that's uh, always, that's always the thing here. So, they're trying to figure out what they can do to, like, get the power away from Mumsy. And, see. and uh, Kevin's just like, you need to upstage her. You know, if you perform three miracles, you qualify for statehood. Do which Cheryl says Ke- being canonized is one of her life goals, which is on brand for her. So, then we find out that Kevin was super into magic.
1: I am shocked.
0: So on brand. Specifically David Copperfield, which is the showiest of magicians
1: uh, of our and time. Also, <sighs> come on. little gay kevin being into david copperfield come on this is the thing come on
0: so that yeah they just they're gonna have to (laughs) he's got a trick or two up his sleeve to which cheryl says i hope you have at least three brother kevin i need my halo and my wings so yeah they're gonna put on a show
1: whatever
0: i'm fine with it because it's like yeah this
1: tracks if you want to take those two and just go bonkers fine then we can enjoy that at least it's entertaining
0: it, it, it is entertaining, even if it's weird and also dumb. Yeah. So Reggie comes back from his call. How's How's hermosa doing? Better question. To which, like, Reggie doesn't want to answer.
1: <laughs> well, Veronica's like almost attacking him on it.
0: That was some call. <laughs> like, it's just rife with sexual tension in the funniest way, and I love so, it. And we needed more of that.
1: What the fuck did you do with my sister? <laughs>
0: She knows. You know what kind. <laughs> you know what kind. And to just like a better question is, did she just tell me where the palladium is? The
1: answer is yes.
0: <laughs> Love it. Right. <laughs> so then we go back to the Andrews house.
1: Smash cut to depression.
0: Daddy Frank is parenting
1: Archie. It's Uncle. It's Uncle. This is Big Uncle energy, not Dad. He's playing Fred i don't know he's
0: fucking playing fred that's the way it is don't like don't tell me if luke perry wasn't with us this is not this this, all of this shit would be done with him uncle frank wouldn't exist well that's for sure he would not fucking exist
1: frank frank is slightly different though i like frank like
0: i prefer luke perry basically he's just like you gotta tell me what actually happened uh we have a flashback and basically that they were sent in on a cover-up mission. Um, He tried to resist the orders from General Taylor, but he eventually went in and then he tried to sacrifice himself. But when he came back from, you know, going up on this hill to get a radio signal, everyone except for Bingo and Jackson were dead. My note about this is literally Archie gonna Archie.
1: Uh, Yeah. Archie, Archie and abandoned the post, which was the wrong move.
0: I, I mean, it's
1: it was an impossible situation and there's no there was no right choice.
0: No, there is a right choice. But when you're in the military, those choices become much more complex and there are consequences for not just doing as you're told. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes those consequences are you lose your job. Sometimes those consequences are people die.
1: Yeah. Even even worse on his part is, you know, he's got a general who's sending what should be like a special forces strike team.
0: Well, he. Yeah. I mean, we've already gone through all that. We know it was a bogus mission. Yeah. It's all bullshit. So now we actually find out what actually happened. Riverdale. Getting really long with these these, uh, intros. Then we go to Hiram's office and it's Reggie and Veronica (laughs) have broken in and we're looking at the tiny little so model in his office and that's where he's hidden all his palladium stash. Like they're under the little houses, which is actually a brilliant place to put it. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cute. So... They're going to take it, but Reggie's like, how are you going to move it? And we have to give a cut to Hermosa. And Veronica's plan is to have them smelted into Spanish doubloons so that they're unrecognizable. And then she'll host an auction for them. Okay, this is not a dumb thing. Like, she's a jeweler. All of that is within her wheelhouse. So again, I like that this plan... Is using information they've already given us.
1: She's plotting and scheming in the best way.
0: and In an effective way. Uh-huh. Effective. Well, also screwing over her father. Why not? I you know, two birds, one stone. But before we leave Hiram's office, Veronica mentions there's one more person we need to pull into our scheme. Okay, cool. Cut to jewelry store. And Veronica is handing Cheryl a new spider brooch. And she's just like, okay, what do you think of the plan? And Cheryl's like, sure. You know, that sounds good. You can say that the doubloons came from my mind. That's cool with me. Uh, And she's just like, okay, you got to come to the auction, though. And Cheryl is just like, all right, Kevin and I are performing our first miracle today. (laughs) To which Veronica gifts herself again.
1: Just like, huh? That was a thing that was said to me. I don't don't know what these words mean. (laughs) Also, Cheryl being like, any chance I get to promote my family and take down your father? (laughs) <laughs> sounds great i like the spite i like that there's
0: plenty of spite to go around for hiram everyone hates hiram everyone hates this asshole you're a little bitch <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing from just the pussycats episode so good so we cut to jughead getting off his motorcycle outside pops and he gets a call from sam his agent they need pages like now and he's just like, if you don't deliver, you'll be blackballed and your career will be over. To which Jughead's like, I'll have him to you by the end of the day. Cool. Roo, Roo. Oh, we knew this was coming. We mm-hmm. knew it was coming. So now we get Jughead apologizing to Tabitha. But Tabitha jumps in before Jughead can really say anything. And she apologizes. She says, you know, I was supposed to keep an eye on you. But the moment things got weird, I abandoned in you. Which is... Not, I don't think that's really accurate, but I appreciate that Tabitha's the type of person to just be like, I'm going to own up to what is my shit. Like she felt like she needed to apologize for that. So she did. Jughead tells her you didn't do anything wrong, which is correct. Mm-hmm. I should have never even put you in that situation. And I'm sorry. And I'm so sorry that I dropped off the face of the earth and that I made you worry. I'm sorry for everything, which is great. That's like a true. There's no, but. If because it's just I'm sorry. Yep, that's a true apology. She says I forgive you. Um, and then Jughead's like, "Okay, great, but uh, not to relive that horrible night." But I kind of remember writing a book uh, before I squeezed my hand out of that handcuff, which I do appreciate. They explained how that happened. He just squeezed his hand out, which is possible. To which Tabitha says, "Yeah, you did write a book." And Jughead's relieved. He's like, "Okay, do you have it?" Betty gave it to Jessica. He looks terrified yeah terrified that jessica has it because i guarantee you as a mirror to what he does later jessica's publishing that book as her own probably garen fucking to it oh yeah yep she she has an agent i guarantee it's gonna happen um tabitha says you know hey you shouldn't be worrying about this your sobriety is the most important thing right now and i don't think you should reach out to jessica that could be really triggering and if writing is going to stress you out, then maybe you should ask your agent for another extension. Like Tabitha's looking out for Jughead as a person. Yes. In the, like Tabitha's the best human being right now in Riverdale. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which they've done a fabulous job with her character, making her have natural interactions with our established characters. That makes when she shows up natural and also means her interactions. Solidify her place in the show in a way that oh now she's become friends with these people and this all this it just it feels so good and this is how you really integrate a new character into an established show. It's true, which I did a really shitty job with everybody else. (sighs) So annoying. Jughead appreciates all this, but it's like I'm out of extensions, so I either write something new or I'm not a writer anymore. If I ever was, so that's also a lovely piece of insight into where jughead's uh mindset is
1: (laughs) it's it's not good yep but i can't blame him
0: so we go to church penelope is super annoyed cheryl turns water into maple syrup (laughs) which is truly the nectar of the gods it's very funny it's so cheesy i'm loving magician assistant kevin though (laughs) he's flourishing it's it's it's
1: just really fun it's it's just so on brand for kevin fucking keller Uh huh.
0: then archie goes to general taylor's office to be like you're the worst to which taylor's like no you're the worst my word against yours Blah 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 i was too distracted because one archie consistently wears long sleeves which i find odd But I know why It's because KJ (laughs) Appa continues to get tattoos all the fucking time. And I'm sure they're just like, just put them in long sleeves and then we don't have to deal with this. But also KJ's eyebrows are completely brown. (laughs) Now, it is not unusual for people to have different colored eyebrows from their hair. Naturally, I have always had super dark eyebrows. And before I started coloring my hair, my hair was a much lighter brown. Like my hair was actually brown where my eyebrows look black. Okay, that's a thing. Uh-huh. this is not a th- i know <laughs> <laughs> that in previous season, archie's eyebrows were not brown so i have to go back i have to like you know i like to be on hair watch i have to go back and see if there was a point at which his eye like they were going to try to naturally put that in maybe kj doesn't want to bleach his eyebrows anymore fine okay so we're gonna na- naturally introduce your darkened eyebrows okay fine I don't know. They just showed up here. I'm like, that's a little inconsistent for me. I need to know more. I am not shitting on the hair or makeup people at all because how they film the shit does not help with the red. It really doesn't. But it's weird.
1: It's starting to look highlighter orange or rust.
0: You know, the the more they turn up that blue tint, the more highlighter it looks. But there are times where you can tell you literally just came from. The salon, like that, you just <laughs> finished processing. They said,
1: "Go to set now." I just hate this whole thing because how in the fuck did he even get into the general's office? I yeah, <laughs> like,
0: like I could I couldn't even think about that. I was so distracted by the eyebrows.
1: No, I just kept watching this scene, being like, "There is not a fucking chance that an enlisted man would have just walked into a general's office no, the way I mean, he did."
0: General would have known he was coming.
1: In ROTC gear, I might add.
0: No, he's wearing an El Royale gym sweatshirt. Oh, even worse. I know, because that's what I thought too, because that's what he's wearing the whole season. I was like, Nope, that's an El Royale one. I was just like, Oh, did you like did you get the other one
1: dirty? <laughs> he he went for a run to the general's office. <laughs> it's
0: not, but I, I do appreciate that he's not wearing hoodies, he's just wearing crew neck sweatshirts. I was like, that does read more adult because hoodie reads teenager. Yeah. Like they had to make
1: that choice. I appreciate it. I just everything about this was like, this would never, ever happen.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's got a military ID. He's not gonna have a problem getting in the office. It's just um, the the feigned surprise of Taylor is just kind of like, whatever, who cares? So Archie goes home and now he's arguing with Eric in the kitchen. And he just feels like the trial would open up old wounds. He really wants Archie to move on. He's like, it's just not fair to do that to these families. To which Archie says, Okay, I'll go talk to the family and I won't go after the general unless I have their support. And Eric just kind of shrugs it off, like, Yeah, that'll never happen. Oh, but you don't understand the power of Archie.
1: <laughs> like, Eric's not bringing up bad points. He clearly has an ulterior motive, but these are also yes. good points he's making. First of all, what's the point of trying to do this? You're never going to beat the army.
0: Whenever anybody is going up against authority, they have to weigh the consequences, not only for themselves, but anybody else who's involved. Yes. I mean, that's a lot of times why women don't come forward about things, why a lot of workplace bullshit doesn't get reported, because it means going after someone who can hurt you. I personally have a lot, have some experience in this recently. So, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that, is
1: complicated. It's incredibly complicated, especially because of the power structures involved in keeping people in high places in power. And
0: this is the military and yes. you know, this is a huge deal. I mean, actual lives were lost. So, mm-hmm. sure, but you know, that that's also Archie's argument is like, yeah, people's lives were lost because of this bullshit. It's not okay. And it's not. So, we see Jughead in the bunker and he flashes back To Cora visiting him and manipulating him into reading his novel. And so he rummages in the suitcase under the bunker bed. Clearly, that's where Jughead's been staying this whole time, which is on brand for Jughead. I'm fine with that. And he finds it. And he also finds a bottle of whiskey,
1: literally Irish whiskey.
0: Well, yeah, it it appears to be the bottle that Sam gave him. It could be a, a new one, but it's the same type of bottle. So Okay, this is gonna go
1: great. I do enjoy the generic liquor bottles on television shows. I'm 100% <laughs> in with it.
0: Now, Archie starts to go visit people. He starts by visiting a young man named Travis's mom. And while he's talking to her, we see that Travis's ghost is sitting in the wall behind them, which Ugh. I just really loved that camera. Like they did this great camera move again, like fabulous job, Robin Givens, but like keeping it about the conversation. Of Archie and the mom, but like also like, like, this is what's going on for Archie, but also for that mom,, mm-hmm. which I love, so they have a conversation. She's a little combative, she's angry at him because she looks at Archie as one of the people who's the reason my son's gone. Yep. fair, you know, so we really don't we don't really get a whole lot out of that other than like her asking. If you sleep soundly at night, uh, which we know that he doesn't
1: no. But it's also like a, a thing of of just being like, why would I trust you mm-hmm. who from everything I know is, if not the reason, at least one of the biggest reasons my son is gone. Mm-hmm. Why would I trust you to take this man down?
0: Well, it's, it's just that whole like I look at you and I just see the reason my son's gone. Yeah. Like you are supposed to protect it. It's that type of thing which that Archie did all he could, she doesn't know that. She doesn't know all the details. She's just hurt. and that Like, all that's fair.
1: The three stories they tell here, while being, again, clunky, the dialogue just feels really clunky, but the three stories they tell here represent a nice division and also Mm -hmm. really represent the fact that when something like this happens, Mm -hmm. people react in different ways
0: people handle their grief differently yes <laughs> yeah and also it affects it affects you know it's not just parents it's not just spouses so I, I like that we we also got a sibling yeah so and then like and we got when we got a spouse we also got spouse with a brand new baby because
1: that happens
0: that happens all the time which is so unfortunate war not cool not not cool but again, this is the story they handled with the most care, and you can tell. Yeah. And, you know, bring that to other parts of the show too, please. An effort was made. Because this was done really well. I know there are things that are not perfect. We're nitpicking on stuff. But the overall story and theme is is really well done, and services our character well. And visually, it's beautiful. Yeah.
1: Like, the what Robin Gibbons did in seeing how they would make that work was really, really sensitive and wonderful in a really good way. It makes the stories it well, it makes everything more human on a level that I've seen really top-tier shows miss the mark on sometimes. Here's the
0: if you remove the ghosts, I refer to them as the ghosts. They're the soldiers. Yeah. The weight of those scenes is gone.
1: Yeah. But the fact that they're there really makes the scene work.
0: Sure. So then we cut over to the jewelry store again and It's time to have an auction and Hiram has shown up just in time to bid on the doubloons because, you know, it's played him. He wants them. Totally fair. He's also wearing an ascot. Sure. Why not? Which I'm just like, okay, villain, I'm here for this cartoon (laughs) villain. Keep going. Keep going. I'm just waiting for them to give him that silver streak in his hair. Because comic book. Hiram has gray hair with like two black streaks on the side. Yeah. Very like Dr. Strange. Almost. I want to see them do the reverse. I want them to give him that hair, but it's, his hair is still mostly black because Mark and Suelis, hair is mostly black. I think that would be amazing and so fun. It'd be pretty good. And it, would, and it would look cool on him. But anyways, Veronica specifically makes it so that Hiram is continuously up. she just basically ignores him. And uh, Hiram, you know, goes up to her and is like, this is ridiculous. Like, this seems petty. Why wouldn't you take more money? And Veronica's just like, Daddy, next time don't crash my auction
1: motherfucker <laughs>
0: Fuck off, jackass! Which
1: is- him waving the paddle in the background
0: there it's, it's very cute very funny <laughs> we cut to archie and this time he's talking to the brother of a fallen soldier and this guy is very calm and just says you know i was relieved to find out you were the type of person leading him which is sweet and it's it's in stark contrast to the previous conversation archie had but this gentleman just leaves them with, you know, whatever you feel is right. You should do I have my full support. OK, cool. Like we got a uh, <laughs> we, we didn't really get a response from the previous person or they don't show it. So be, I think that was kind of a mistake. They should have resolved that conversation because here we get the actual yes, you you can do whatever you want. Next, we go back to church. And now Cheryl has the stigmata.
1: Her alabaster hands. Her
0: alabaster hands. So this is stupid. Like, just hands down. However, if she is really going to have the stigmata of Jason's wounds, mm-hmm. it should be coming from the middle of her fucking forehead, not her hands. Because how was Jason killed? He was shot in the head by his father. <laughs> That's where the wounds. Be- well, he- and here's the thing. Here's But here's how they should have done it. If they're really going to go all in on this Cheryl's, like becoming a witch or she's all powerful or she's holy, whatever, which is stupid, but okay. I enjoy the theatrical part of this. What they should have done is them expecting it to be her hands. Like that's the actual thing. But then she also gets the gunshot wound and that they, neither of them planned on and they discuss it and they figure out, oh, well, maybe Kevin should be like, maybe I made a mistake. I don't I don't I don't know why that would happen, but maybe I made a mistake. And that's the Cheryl's first inkling of like, huh? Like it makes her question just a little bit, just, just a little bit of doubt that like maybe it wasn't all theatrics.
1: Well, the easier way to play it off too is to have her hands on her forehead at uh-huh. some point, and then and then he thinks, Oh, it was just her hand. She goes, I Sure. Don't
0: know. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, there are a couple of different ways you could stage it, but that should have been if this is where we're going all in. That's how you layer that in in a way that you're like, yeah, because that's Jason's actual wound. And that's what she's calling on. So that that's what they should have done.
1: Uh, but Riverdale. But Riverdale's gone to Riverdale. Mm-hmm.
0: So now Archie goes and speaks to the wife. And she's, you know, she's hanging clothes on the clothesline. And she just talks about how she loved Aiden more than anything. And her focus needs to be on her son now. And I need to think about his future. So I'm going to leave it to you. You can do what you see fit. Duh. She's like, she she doesn't want any part of it. I'm done. <laughs> like, I don't need this closure. But if you do, like you do what you need to do, mm-hmm. which is fair. And I like, i just loved that. Just like when the, when the sheet's blew in the wind, that's when we see the soldier. Uh-huh. It was so beautiful. And he's <laughs> standing behind Archie and Archie's in the foreground. And it's just like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> it's, it's so good. I never expect that stuff from Riverdale. So I'm really happy. So again, Robin Gibbons, fabulous job. We go back to Thornhill and now they're trying to plan their final miracle. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl's exhausted. And Kevin's like, yeah, it's the Broadway grind. <laughs> and he's got a list of potential miracles. And so, but he really just thinks they should do the staff to snake trick, which yeah, that's very biblical. And Cheryl's like, Yeah, I get it. But um It needs to be bees. And Kevin's like, uh, no, I'm highly allergic. And I was just like, don't worry about it. Nana Rose was an avid beekeeper and she taught me her apian secrets. And Kevin's just like, okay.
1: The phrase bees are not in my repertoire.
0: (laughs) That's great. I love it. But I also love that we find out Kevin's highly allergic. I feel like that's going to come up again. Probably. Yeah. Especially if Cheryl's going to keep playing with fucking bees. Kevin's getting stung, and then she's gonna to try to like faith heal him. I I foresee that
1: happening. Maybe she does faith heal him. I whatever. Well, maybe we go way off the fucking rails. <laughs> Wait, how many times have we say that this season, David? I applaud it every time. Eh. I want it. No.
0: It's time for another Skype call with Chad. <laughs> Basically, he's just like, "Hey, I got wind of your auction, and I just it pains me that you're so desperate for funds." Are you sure you don't want in on my amazing deal? Maybe you've heard of copter cabs. And Veronica's like, Wait, those helicopter taxis that fly one percenters to Marsha's vineyard for private parties, that's you. And Chad goes, Yeah, I'm a silent partner. And Veronica's like, Uh, that's ridiculous. I'm like, oh, your father's working with me. He like, you know, you need to get in on this. And Veronica's just, she doesn't care, She doesn't want to do it. She just it cannot be bothered until Chad mentions that they're having a party at her dad's office and she should come by and that's when it hits veronica okay maybe i will text me the details and so she hangs up on him to reggie comes in and is like wait are you hanging out with that smug nitwit which is the exact <laughs> right thing to call chad what am i missing me reggie you're missing the old me i've been playing defense reacting to chad's every move well, now that I don't have to worry about the SEC, it's time I go on the offensive and take Chad Gecko off the chessboard of my life. And if Danny gets caught in the crosshairs, so be it. And I love this. And this yeah. is what we've been missing from all of the Hiram drama.
1: Oh, uh, we need it's- more of this from Veronica. Maybe it's a final season thing.
0: Too long. Oh, I agree. If they really are going to try and have Veronica and Archie be endgame, <laughs> what they should have had is had her separate with Chad okay fine she's got this drama he's not good for her he's created a problem but she goes after Hiram and then Chadwick can be a later problem or they can have Chadwick be the main villain for Veronica and Hiram just is on the periphery like he's annoying Veronica doesn't have a relationship with him he's bugging her but he really doesn't exist very much and then once we officially get rid of Chad Hiram she finds out Hiram's been involved and then she can go after him. I just want it all to be over. <laughs> like you both suck at this so much. I'm just I don't care.
1: That feels like a real common phrase for a lot of stories on this show.
0: I just don't care. Yeah, I just, said that a lot. Well, just
1: no, just let it be over.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. She either can't get divorced, like she probably can't won't even get divorced until next season anyways. But then Hiram's looking around unless they kill Hiram at the end of the season. But then who's our big bag next season? I don't know. I Again, I don't really care.
1: Oh, I think that doesn't come until the end of the series. I <sighs> They're going to drag that out. They have this far. But
0: I just I'm so sick of Hiram because he's he's they've been forcing this down our throats since season two. Like, I don't care anymore. At least Chad is more interesting and she plays with him. It's more interesting. Yeah. But it's, ugh, I just hate Blech. it. So we cut back to the bunker, and Jughead has been drinking, and he finishes Cora's book, and he just says, "Damn, it's good." So he calls Sam, and he tells him, "I finished a novel, a whole thing. It's a budding young writer, at NYU, just making her way through the world, having lots of sex and partying." And so Sam's like, "Great, send it over." Then he rips the front page that has Cora's name off the manuscript, and. Then he gets a text message from Betty. We cut over to Betty and she's looking at herself in the mirror like she's known to do and she's taking off her makeup and, you know, she's taking off her earrings and then she smears the lipstick on her face and we see her texting with Jughead about, oh, let's talk tomorrow in the bunker for privacy. Okay, cool. Whatever. And it's just Betty's in a really bad place. Yeah. Yeah. Betty's not doing well. No. Let so me go over to Andrew's house, and it's Frank and Archie and Eric. And Eric is not comfortable with what Archie's doing. It's Like you're really going through with this, telling our business to a military tribunal. And Archie's like, "This none of this is going to be easy, but it's the right thing to do. I am going to advocate for all the families. Like this is like I hope you'll go with me." And when Eric lets it go, he was in on it he wasn't the like you weren't the only grunt that was pulled into that tent and so he was promised a bunch of promotions which in the military means a lot of money um if he does what he was trying to do which eric was a sniper Mm -hmm. so you know eric feels guilty it's like my top priority should be my platoon safety and we were vulnerable and i knew it and when you went to call for support i left our unit unprotected to carry out general taylor's orders so like Eric feels awful. And he even says, you know, sometimes I feel like that's why I lost my leg as punishment for how I betrayed you and the others. So, yeah. Oof. It now gives us the insight into why Eric has been like, just let it go. He was not going to tell anybody this. No. And, uh, you know, Archie i him, like, you didn't do anything wrong and I'll keep you out of it. I swear you were used by the general the same way I was, but you're done fighting, Corporal. Let me bring this home for you, which is very sweet.
1: Yes. And gives and gives Eric the push he needs to just, like, let it go.
0: Well, not let it go, but, like, like let's bring closure to this. Yeah. Because your soldiers dying is not all your fault. You did a bad thing, but it's not your fault. Like, it's, it's the military thing of you have to follow orders. Like, it's not as simple as being like, well, what, you know, if you get a bad order, you don't follow it. It's really not that simple. It's really not... Military ethics is a whole thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. To get to that point is, it's such a difficult decision to make as a soldier.
0: Yeah. And you can armchair quarterback it all you want. But until you're in those situations, you don't know what you're going to do.
1: Archie's right, though. That's it, it. It is not his responsibility. You got used, man.
0: <laughs> the, the personal responsibility of not being happy with how you handled a situation cool you're in therapy that's good great i'm glad that we had the therapy storyline even though it was really done badly for archie before we had this because it's a like it's a part of the fabric of their healing yeah so that's good oh my god church (laughs) penelope tries to put a stop to all this and she even calls kevin a heretic and then kevin was like who are you gonna believe this divine cheryl who shared a womb with jason (laughs) Or this whoremonger and escaped convict to which Penelope lies. I'm like, these are all provable things, be <laughs> Like, come on. Come on. Like, these are facts, woman. <laughs> None of us believe that Cheryl or Jason were actually twins. Like, this is bullshit. This is a lie. This is something I'm sure we'll find out later. They were not actually twins. Anyways, they were just, they were just raised like they were twins. That's fine. But I can't tell you how many times I see how is it that Jason was in a different grade than Cheryl? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because none of it makes sense and nobody decided to fix it. You <laughs> <the> comment later. <laughs> We've complained about it on this show. It's like, here's the way how you fix this story-wise. That would be great for her character. I think I'd do that in season two. Anyways. Yeah, Cheryl's, you know, the queen of bees. Cool. Mother enough! <laughs> she, she shakes her fist at Penelope with bees. Well, these are some bad CGI bees. Bee fist be this forever mm. we go to the andrew's house and archie's in uniform and you know it's like okay i feel like i'm going out into a firing squad and frank just like taylor's the one who should be worried and jackson shows up and he's got his uniform on he's like i'll be there to back you up and we're like oh it's so cute don't try to talk me out of it i wouldn't dream of it
1: love my brother's high drive once won't do it again
0: it's you know it's it's that camaraderie
1: they're having a bromin.
0: A bromin. I love it. I'm here yeah. for it. It's good. It's, very it's, good. Ar- it's earned. It's earned. That's yes. the important thing is it's earned. And Veronica shows up to the party with a bunch of 60s stewardess ladies. Good
1: time girls.
0: With suitcases filled with jingle jangle and probably fizzle rocks.
1: Sure. Why not?
0: Because it's party time. Hiram sees her do this. They have this one shot of him where he kind of turns around. He looks at this and it's like. He knows exactly what Veronica is doing. So yeah, she's there to party.
1: If you're gonna party with the big boys, <laughs>
0: yeah. So my suspicion is that during all of this, when the st- when he saw Veronica show up like that, he knew what she was doing, and he went and he shorted his stock. So he, I'm guess, I'm guaranteeing you, he made money on Copter Cab. Probably. I bet you that's what he did. He's like, oh, Veronica's here. This like, there's no way. Something's about to go down. Here. Something's about to go down. I'm gonna go short my stock. Again, if you want to know a bunch of bullshit about stocks, go watch billions on Showtime.
1: Although weirdly, wouldn't he know about the helicopter crash? He
0: knew about the helicopter crash, yeah, but he wouldn't know that that was about to leak,
1: oh, okay, that's fair. That's fair
0: now, that could be the thing. I mean, because that to him, it probably like, oh, yeah, Chad, you've got this great angle, but that's the secret that has to be kept. And I could see Hiram thinking that's what I'm going to use as my as my leverage on Chad. If he tries to cross me. Fair. Totally fair. But the second Veronica shows up, she shows up with the plan. And Hiram is super fucking smart. Oh yeah. So he I believe that Hiram would have seen right through Veronica when she showed up like that and was like, She's gonna tank this. I'm getting out now. Oh so yeah. yeah. Cause he is nonplussed by it later. So this is my suspicion. Well, you know.
1: <sighs> you know. It's the smart play.
0: Technically, not insider trading.
1: He's making a very smart gamble. That's what he's doing. Ex- no,
0: exa- That's what I mean. It's technically not insider trading. No, it not would at be all. if Veronica did this. But yeah, I love it. So now we go to the bunker for a really shitty scene. This is the apology that goes so bad because Jughead apologizes and admits to Betty that he's an alcoholic. He didn't admit that to anybody else. No, he did not say that to Tabitha. She knows. She's aware. She knows he's going to meetings, but he didn't say those words. And that's an important part. Yeah. He says it to Betty, which of course he does. Because it's Betty. And Betty's response is to make it all about her. She is not there. She's not present in that bunker. Oh, no. At all. No. (laughs) Which, to be fair, I don't believe has ever been the case whenever we've had scenes like this with Betty and Jughead. We've seen Jughead checked out. We've never had Betty chucked out on Jughead. No. So on on that line, I like it. But all the information we really get from this is that Betty knows what she's doing is not good, but she's not going to stop. And that she chose to go to TBK instead of that book release. Yeah. That was the choice she made. So, yeah, I would have rather her receive this information to Jughead and, and that just be it. And then he gets the phone call from Sam and then that's when she leaves. And it's because of this conversation that in her later scene with Tabitha, Tabitha actually asks her, what is it about this other than your sister that is compelling you? It's not just, it's not just Polly. And that's when Betty goes, I think I'm addicted to this or it's a compulsion. Like this becomes the spark that has her start evaluating a little bit more what she's doing because that. That would be more natural and would serve both characters, but actually serve all three of those characters better.
1: I don't know. I don't hate the messiness of this scene. I mean, first of all, they're both clearly drinking.
0: Yes, they are both actually drinking, which again, he's drinking in front of Betty while he's admitting that he's an alcoholic, which I think just goes to show how willing he is to be vulnerable in front of Betty.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And that's fine. But again, it's the turn Betty turning it back on herself that makes no sense to me. I just don't think
1: it's good. Uh, here's where I think it could be, mm-hmm. is that she has not confronted this big honkin' trauma. Everybody else has kind of gotten into it, but she has not confronted what led to what happened in that pit, because we've seen the glimpses, but something sure. specific happened in there that has pushed her to this place.
0: But here's the thing. If you're going to have this, Betty's now going to reflect on her stuff, then what needs to happen in this scene is Betty tells Jughead that she was held captive. She has told nobody, no one knows, no one except for Glenn. So this was the time. Okay. We're going to show this is how deeply these two care about each other or are comfortable with each other, which, okay, great. But something happened and it got broken, but here's Jughead like laying himself bare. Like this is what's wrong with me. And it's still wrong with me. because I'm drinking in front of you. This is a moment where if you're going to have Betty start reflecting a little bit about like what it is she's doing. You need to have Betty tell him, I didn't go to your party because of this, which led to this. That's how you make it better. And then we have that because then that explains so much Jughead's fear for Betty later because he cares about her and that's fine. But it makes it, it gives it teeth because this doesn't really have a lot of teeth. It's just Betty's not OK. That's it. But He's never been okay.
1: I think that's what it is, is that the the fact that she's not willing to reveal more, that she's still kind of cagey and clearly not telling him the whole story and he can kind of see through it. That's what makes him worried.
0: No, I get that because she tells him enough, but she makes it all about herself. And I was like, you didn't reveal anything to him. Eh. You're just letting him know nothing's
1: changed. She can't let that guard down.
0: <laughs> Again, that's fine. But they, they needed to pick one or the other. And I don't, I don't like this. I don't think it was well done.
1: Hmm. I don't agree. I think, it, I think it fits, especially where she's at. But I don't know. Well, I have to wait and see how it plays out in the end, though. I'm telling it's not going to be good. Probably not. It's Riverdale. So
0: Jughead gets a phone call in this. And he gets up. And it's Sam. Sam thinks this is the best book. Amazing. It's fabulous. And Jughead's like, yeah, I didn't write it. And he he admits to what he did. And he's like, I'll give you her information. She'll be happy to hear you. And Sam's like, You're a good writer, but I hope you can pull it together. I have to drop you as a client. And Jughead's like, Yeah. yeah. So, like Cora will be thrilled to hear from you. Good for Jughead. <laughs> yeah. Again. And that's why that is this is why I believe Jessica is going to be publishing his novel. Probably. Which again, I predicted that a while ago, but that's a good mirror. It's like, she has a problem too. But he the, and I also like that here's a glimmer of like yes, Jughead struggling with alcoholism, but he's still there's still the like he knows right from wrong. He does. You're still,
1: Jughead Jones.
0: But again, I I like that they gave him seven days and they had him stumble because it's so easy to do.
1: Yeah,
0: I think it's it's much more interesting than just like I went to AA and now I'm an alcohol, I admitted I'm an alcoholic and everything's fine. That's rarely how recovery goes. No. So I I appreciate that from a character standpoint and yep. life. We go back to the airplane party and the stocks crashing and Chad's investors are like, Did were you in a helicopter crash? And they like say didn't no. And Veronica just yells at him and just says, You were born a beta. You'll never be an alpha. And she tells Hiram on her way out, you know, when you're alone, give your sodale model another look. See, I think you'll find you've lost more than you realize. Which, that was fun, but that, like, again, Veronica's pl- message with her dad needs to be the same as it was with Jack. We said that several times, and I'm going to keep saying it.
1: My favorite line is, you can't land anything. Can't and land it was like, anything. oh,
0: shit. Layers. There's layers to that dig.
1: There's the she-wolf of Wall Street right there. I'd never believe that she was the she-wolf of Wall Street. It's
0: just so bad. It's I don't so know. If she bad. pulled off
1: shit like this. Hell Yeah. <laughs>
0: Now we go back to Pop's and Jughead is being a busboy and Tabitha's like, hey, I mentioned free food and you didn't salivate. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely call to Jughead, always wanting to eat.
1: Also, clearly, no.
0: <laughs> and he's just like, Yeah, I'm worried about Betty. And Tabitha's like, Yeah, but I'm also worried about you and your recovery. I smelled booze on your breath when you came in. Yeah. Which again, Tabitha's the best friend of all these fuckers. Mm-hmm. Mary Fangs. Fangs is a really good friend too. Well, you know. But, you know, he's not getting as much showtime. He admits, yeah, I had a backslide. And Tab says, okay, I know you want to help Betty, but you need to focus on you. And has just like, but she's out there alone. And Tab's like, okay, I'm going to take care of Betty, but your priority is you. And Jughead's like, you know I'm a drunk, right? And I'm a terrible busboy. Why are you so nice to me? <laughs> what I appreciate about this so much is that here, Jughead has decided to be vulnerable to Tabitha. Yes. Betty's not okay. Being vulnerable with Betty clearly didn't work out very well. Okay, I'm going to be vulnerable to Tabitha. Tabitha's just like, because you're my friend and I care about you. Mm-hmm. Just promise me you're going to keep going to your meetings. To which she's like, I promise.
1: <laughs>
0: and so Tabitha's like, okay, so tell me what's going on with Betty. Because now we find out that Tabitha really didn't know this. She just, Like, she knew about the trucks because she was helping she doesn't know about this.
1: Mm-mm. And that Betty's not okay. <laughs>
0: Betty is not
1: okay. Mm-mm.
0: So then we go over to Hiram. He goes back to his office. He discovers
1: his palladium is gone. Crumbles in his hands. Crumbly little rocks they painted silver. Great. Has a little panic attack.
0: We go to Archie's house. Good news. He's being dishonorably discharged. It's over. It's over. Yay.
1: Eric is guilty. not guilty of any wrongdoing.
0: Yeah, he was following direct and explicit orders of his commanding officer, and therefore was not found guilty of any wrongdoing and remains in good standing with the U.S. Army.
1: I love Frank going. The army got it right.
0: Yeah, it's sweet. It's good. This is this is a little too much in a bow for my tastes, but I'm fine with it. Like I'm, I'm glad that we've ended this part of the story. I hope we don't get rid of Eric. I hope we get to keep him and see him as a reoccurring guest in season six to just be like. Yeah, because he needs that support, but Archie needs that support too. And he wants to make a life for himself there.
1: I would love for him to stick around. If they give him a really good send-off, I'd be okay with that.
0: Sure. I mean, I think either he's gonna take over the fireman thing or he's gonna take over the R O T C.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: I could see either of those things being true, which I'm fine with. But like, don't just get rid of him. Like, I would like for him to just have this town has done a lot for me i want to do a lot more for this town that type of thing which feels on brand for eric as well Mm -hmm. Betty's getting dressed to go out and she's leaving and we see alice is passed out on the couch we see wine we also see some pill bottles so alice is not okay (sighs) she's trying (laughs) again this is just setting up for the musical that takes place in her mind so i'm fine I'm I'm fine with these things. Again, this seat, this is a really easy way to give us the foreshadowing and laying laying foundation for things that are gonna happen where it doesn't take a lot of screen time or dialogue. Just show us we're good.
1: So no more goddamn excuses.
0: Exactly. I've been saying that five years now. Okay, cool. <laughs> for 92 episodes. I love they give us an episode count every time. That's fabulous. As she's opening the door, she's hearing a knocking and it's Tabitha. It's like, hey. Jack had told me what you're doing, and it's dangerous, and it's reckless, and no matter what I say, you're not going to stop. So I'm going with you. To which Betty's like, "Come again?" I'm getting <laughs> changed, and I'm coming with you. Oh, and by the way, my participation is not negotiable. To which Betty just like opens the door wider and's like, "All right, fine."
1: <laughs> Betty is so like dissociated, not in in anything. But Tabitha's like, "Fuck it, no, mm-mm. Mm-mm. back to reality." Betty Cooper <laughs>
0: come on let's go we're not we're not putting up with this I'm, I I'm fine with that yeah I just feel like this was this would have been a good time for Betty to decide to be vulnerable and I could also see Betty telling only Tabitha about TBK because Tabitha doesn't know Betty from the past yeah she only knows what's in front of her so to give her this information Has no context for her. It doesn't change what she already knew about Betty. She didn't know anything about Betty. That's why it would have been better.
1: I don't know. Maybe it comes later. Maybe it comes later.
0: Betty's going to have to tell everybody eventually. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. So then we cut to the white worm and Frank and Eric and Archie are toasting to the fallen soldiers. And like, here's to our fallen band of brothers to their service, their sacrifice gone. But never forgotten. Uh, and again, this is so beautiful. <laughs> uh, this makes me tear up because this is great. It's just like the homecoming videos of soldiers. Uh, I hate you. It makes me very emotional. I hate it. Uh, I hate feelings. <laughs> I hate having feelings. And then we pan over to a corner booth and we see all the soldiers. They are no longer in fatigues. They are no longer wounded. And uh, so it's like they're healed. And it's just—it's just a really honorable visual like i just it's a really great button on the end of that story
1: it occurs to me too that putting them in civilian clothes also signifies that they're no longer at war
0: yes that's the whole point yeah like it's they're healed they're no longer
1: at war damn it now i'm having
0: i know if that because I, I remember i remember seeing it and be like oh that's all the soldiers and then when i watched the second time i was like yeah they're like because i thought they were they weren't in fatigues anymore i was like but none of them are wounded anymore Ugh, no. it's so beautiful. I love it. Good job, Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Now
1: let's make it weird.
0: Let's make it weird. We go back to Cheryl's and she's in front of the fireplace with Kevin. And Kevin's like, hey, how did you manage those bees? Like, did you rub some special stuff on you? And Cheryl's like, hey, um, this is weird. <laughs> I feel super connected to things more so than I ever have in years. And I'm not saying I'm the first ever living saint. What if I am? To which Kevin's just like, well, you're fucking crazy now. What if I am the
1: holiest of holies?
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, shit. I can't read Kevin, whether Kevin's just like buying full in or whether Kevin's going, oh, God damn it. What have I gotten into now?
0: I see two things here. I can see either Kevin being pissed because Cheryl purposely put him in harm's way. Uh-huh. Knowing full well that he's very allergic to beasts. But I also see a world in which Cheryl absolutely put ointment on herself because she felt Kevin wavering and all this shit with her mom was a setup.
1: Oh god damn it. God damn it. Ah yeah. oh, it'd be a good turn. It'd be a really good turn. And yet a terrible turn. Terrible,
0: but also on brand. Never trust a blossom.
1: I mean, if you're gonna make the blossoms evil, make the blossoms evil. Like Whatever. let's go, like
0: you're gonna make them witches, make them a cult, let's go all in. Let's make it nuts. I mean, you already have the outfits. Let's go. <sighs> so then we go to Jughead and he is back at a meeting and he tells everybody, you know, I had seven days, but now I'm back to one. I hope to make it to eight this time. Which I again, I really appreciate. Like they didn't make it easy. I think that's really good. And he know he does his play on the I'm also trying to accept things I cannot change. Yep. And he's talking about how he doesn't know if there's a higher power, but I hope they're looking down on him and keeping his friends safe because I've got a really bad feeling about what happens next. And as he's giving those lines, we see Tabitha and Betty hitching, and a truck comes by and it it ignores them, but they're just going to keep going.
1: Mm-hmm. Riverdale. Ooh. Ooh.
0: Worried about what comes next. Smart, smart little play. I do like that button on the end. That's really good. I mean, that's great. Like, ooh, what's coming next?
1: You know what it is. This episode is what we talked about before—a character development episode. Sure. Where it's like we're trying to resolve some character stuff, which uh-huh. means there's not a whole lot of plot.
0: I mean, no, I mean there is a. There's a lot of plot with Veronica and Archie.
1: Yeah. Well, and it, and it's, you know, certain character stuff needs to be done through an actual story versus mm-hmm. Jughead where it's way more about, like, having some conversations. Sure. But it's resolving some shit. <laughs> sure. To get us ready for whatever buck wild horse shit they come up with next.
0: All right, well, let's go see what's happening next time.
1: Oh, wait, there's a next time
0: one. So Veronica's going to threaten Hiram and his countdown clock.
1: Well, because Hiram has just initiated an event that's going to shake everybody up. There's an explosion at the mine. Well, I wonder who caused that. Mm, Yeah. Well, the whole point
0: is he wants to shut down the mine so he can get to the Palladium. That's the point.
1: But there's some collateral potential damage.
0: I could see a world in which he didn't think yeah. anyone was going to be in the mine. Yeah. So it's a legit accident on Hiram's part.
1: That's why that's why Veronica is threatening.
0: He's so reckless. You don't care what happens to anybody.
1: You just thought you could pull this off without hurting anyone. And now Archie Andrews, love of my life. Yeah. And the kindest human in the entire universe is now trapped. <laughs>
0: yeah. We see a lot of Mothman
1: stuff. Tony
0: appears to be more prevalent. In this episode.
1: She's in the trailer for once.
0: Yeah. Looks like uh, Cheryl is showing up to uh, pray a lot. For Archie. For everybody in the mine. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what to expect.
1: And Jughead is hooking up with Betty Drew at some point in Dr. Kurdle Jr.'s morgue.
0: Actually, the morgue makes sense. They talked so much about the Mothman That would explain if they found a Mothman corpse. It's true. So maybe, maybe it's Dr. Curdle Jr.'s. I don't know. Whatever.
1: And I think Jughead is putting the pieces together.
0: Well, I hope they start to make sense to us.
1: I like, I like the idea of him finally finding clarity. Yeah. Suddenly means he starts putting all the other pieces together of the mystery.
0: Well, you know, he was better detective when he was younger because he wasn't using.
1: Honestly, that's a really good turn for him to be like, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. What if he becomes the deputy? <laughs> deputy Jones?
0: deputy jones hey his daddy was sheriff
1: deputy jughead
0: (laughs) deputy jones that's what he would be i don't hate it i don't hate it either except i was really hoping for the fangs and tom show
1: fangs is just their their undercover informant on the side
0: i love fangs so much we need more fangs
1: oh always more fangs
0: all right well until next time hashtag bulldogs forever Make sure to review and rate us on itunes stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast for questions comments and recommendations you can email us at macintosh at gmail.com or find us on twitter instagram and facebook